0: his cut and now are lowering him down from the roof. And Jesus looked up, and when he saw their, T-H-I-E-R, their faith, he healed him. But the song said, having no faith of his own, in other words, someone with no faith can receive if you believe in their behalf. Biblically wrong. Jesus healed no one without faith of their own. He had all faith. But He required faith. And that, once something is imperative in Scripture, it becomes a spiritual law. The law of faith is a spiritual law. There are things can work in your behalf in spiritual law. The law of sowing and reaping. He that sows liberally shall what? Reap liberally. That's in your behalf if you decide to cooperate with that law. Because it is spiritual law. Hath he not said it? And will he not do it? Can you say, man? What does he do with his word? He watches over his word to perform it. Oh, by the way in the positive, and in the negative. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, you see, that shall he also reap. You sow the wind, you reap the whirlwind. You don't even just reap what you sow, it's multiplied back to you. Grace and mercy. He that's merciful, he's sowing mercy, shall obtain mercy. Mercy. It's multiplied. And that's why Paul wrote to a church so in mercy, and he said, Grace and mercy be multiplied unto you, not added unto you. If God is going to bless you, would you rather He add something or would you rather He multiply it? Me too. But if it's in the negative, you don't want it at all. Well, the problem is, it's coming. It's coming it's coming it's spiritual law and the law of faith is a spiritual law without faith here's the imperative hebrews chapter 11 without faith it is impossible to please god number one you want to know the number one reason why he's displeased because it's through faith by grace through faith that you are saved it's not of works lest any man should boast He wants everybody. It's not His will that any perish, but that all have eternal life. Wait a minute. There's a guy on death row today that deserves nothing but what he's about to get. God wants him saved. You may not want him saved. I may not believe that he's worth saving. But God said there's nobody on this planet that is beyond my love and beyond my grace. If you could, let me pose a question to you. Would you, if, if, if they would invite you and say, would you come and give out a tract and hand a Bible and pray with everybody on death row? And you had the opportunity and you had the means to get there. We'll send a, we'll send a, a, a sheriff's car. To, you sit in the back seat. They'll bring you to Rayford or wherever, they, wherever it is they have the actual Stark. Would you go and give them a Bible? Would you invite them to confess their sin, repent of it, and come to Christ? Would you believe that that kind of grace exists for them? Do they deserve it? No. And I'm going to tell you something today. I hope this don't blow you away. You don't deserve it either. I don't deserve it either. Freely you receive, freely give. So grace and mercy be multiplied unto you. So many people don't understand what they need to do so that God can answer their prayer and meet their need. Acts 14. I'll just tell it to you for time's sake. Paul went down to Lystra. And there he preached the gospel. Everybody say the gospel. Gospel in the Greek means good news I've got good news to bring remember we used to sing it and that is why I sing my joy with you I'll share I plan to take a trip on the good old gospel ship and go sailing through the air metaphorically speaking of a ship that sprouts wings and flies to heaven hallelujah but it's good news the good news to the sinner is amen that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on Him would not perish, but have everlasting life. To me, it blows this idea of before you're born being elected to be saved or elected to be not saved, then there's no point in going to all the world and preaching the gospel to people that are already predestined to hell or heaven. But the Bible said, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be damned. But go and give them the opportunity. Can you say, man, to make that choice? Whosoever will, Jesus says, let him come and drink of the river of life freely. He gave man a free will, and man has that will today. And we beseech people to come and be saved. Hallelujah. And there sat a man at Lystra who never had walked. Lame from his mother's womb, just like the man that sat at the gate beautiful. The same heard Paul preach. And what was Paul preaching? He went down to Lystra, There we preached the gospel. What was the centerpiece of his message? He said it to Corinth, I don't want to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Because every blessing, beginning with salvation, healing, deliverance, help, peace, joy, it all emanates from what He paid for and purchased on the cross. He said there's no point in getting off in some tangent here. I'm going to stay focused. Friend of mine, that message saved in the first century, that message will save in the 21st century. That message saved and delivered in the first century, it'll save and deliver in the 21st century. That message, hallelujah, amen, healed in the first century. And that message can bring healing in the 21st century. He heard him preach the gospel, and I'm going to make a statement Healing, therefore, what's about to happen to this man before he even goes any further and it became a testimony to the... It was a confirmation that what Paul was preaching about Jesus was true. There there sat a man who heard Paul preach the gospel who never had walked. Paul, steadfastly beholding him and perceiving that he had faith to be healed. Why there's so many people not healed after prayer is because faith, all of this comes under spiritual law. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Can you say, Matt, there are so many people who want prayer but they don't want a Bible study. They want prayer, but they're not here today to hear the Word of God. They want God's help, but they're in no position to receive it, even if He wants to grant it, because there's a law of faith. There's nothing impossible with God. Jeremiah said it in the Old Covenant. Ah, he said. He's so overwhelmed by the majesty and the power of God. He says, Ah, Lord God, Thou hast made heaven and earth by Thine outstretched hand, and there is nothing too hard for You. The psalmist says it. He said, let all the world stand in awe of Him. (laughs) Jeremiah's in awe. The psalmist is in awe. Why? Because He stretched out heaven and earth with His hand. He commanded. And it was done. He spoke. And it stood fast. Hallelujah. God is not the one that is unfaithful. God is not the one that doesn't have the power. God is not the one that doesn't have enough love. He gave His Son. We're the people who don't have the faith. Because we don't understand the value of God's Word, the place of God's Word in our life. Faith comes by hearing, not just any part of it. Because faith has to be in a person before there's faith in a promise. If you don't have faith in the person, the promise is meaningless. If someone has a history of unfaithfulness, then the promise is meaningless. So the first thing the Word reveals is what Paul said he was centered in Christ and Him crucified. And the Scripture said if you want to run with perseverance the race, lay aside every sin and things that are not even sin, but they're in the way. Amen? So many people, if it doesn't say, where does it say that in the Bible? Well, it says lay aside every sin and the weight. This may not be categorized as sin, in a scripture, but it's something in the way of your forward progression in Jesus. And if you're serious about running this race and persevering, if it's in the way, and you love God, and you're committed to following Christ, we need to get it out of the way. Amen? But I like it. I remember in some movie somewhere, some guy was rich, and of course he got him a wife real quick. Because he had opulence. (laughs) And, And he thought that she loved him for himself and not just the stuff. And so he lost everything. He invested in some kind of stock that failed and he lost all the millions. The house was repossessed. The cars and limos were repossessed. They even took the paintings off the wall, were repossessed. And he said, Honey, we'll be okay. We, we, you know, it's not all about the material thing. And she said, uh, It's not the money I miss, it's the stuff. Lay aside every sin and wait. Everybody say, Wait so that you can run with perseverance and persistence it says patience it's not the take a take a number type of patience this is persistence and perseverance in the greek it's to keep on keeping on amen until you can say with paul at the end of it i finished my course what god has purposed for me I have have fulfilled by His help and His mercy and grace. And there were some things that were not sin. If it's a sin, we need to confess it and deal with it. But if it's a weight, we don't treat it like we should. Amen. It's something impeding our forward progression in the Lord. Amen. And when you get serious about winning the race, you'll want to deal with what's holding you back. Oh, it's not going to be a big sacrifice. Whatever you give up to run this race, he's going to fill you with more of himself. For the kingdom of God, listen, is not meat and drink. It's not just for your indulgence and your body. You need meat and drink. But that's not what the kingdom is about. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness, it's peace. And it's joy in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And the joy of the Lord is what? So you can run with persistence. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Hallelujah. Praise God. Wouldn't it be wonderful to see joyful Christians running with full out? Running full out. Running full out. Everybody say running full out. Too many people are not running full out because something's impeding them. In Africa last night, a lion went to sleep. And in Africa last night, a gazelle went to sleep. They both slumbered. When the sun came up this morning, the gazelle woke up ready to run. Everybody say ready to run. You know why the gazelle woke up ready to run? Because there's a lion somewhere that wants to catch him and eat him. So when he wakes up, he don't say, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit the snooze alarm. I'm going to, I'm gonna go back to sleep for a while. No, when the sun comes up, it's on. Everybody say it's on. And so he's ready to run. And if he senses or sees a threat, it could be a leopard. It could be a cheetah. Don't ever play cards with a cheetah. I just go see if you were listening. Can you say "Man, Don't ever, ever do that. The, the lion wakes up. The sun comes up. He wakes up ready to run. The gazelle's ready to run. So he won't be dinner for the lion. The lion is ready to run because if he don't catch the gazelle, he's going to starve to death. Both of them wake up ready to run. And we are charged in scripture, run with patience. Run! Don't, don't, don't just be tentative, but run! with patience, perseverance, the race that is set before you and before you even think about running it persistently, lay aside. That's a decision you have to make, a priority you have to establish in your life. Amen. Listen, I love a good movie. I like a good, clean action movie. I like Indiana Jones. I, I like... Star Wars, uh, Star Trek. But if I like movies more than I love God's house and God's word, I remember an evangelist, something got in his way. He said, I love photography. I bought the best. Now they have so much more. But back then, and when I went to Haiti, I had one of those those real good cameras for the slides that we brought back. He had accumulated very top-of-the-line, expensive photographic equipment. Since he was evangelist, he went from place to place. He found the most scenic spots everywhere he went to preach, and he spent the afternoon taking photographs. He said, I used to spend the afternoon praying. Over the message, and that people would come to Christ. But I had preached so many different places; I had all of these messages just inside of me. I could just preach, you know. And and sometimes we got good response, sometimes not so good. But I I I was so good at preaching particular messages that stimulated people that I didn't saturate it with prayer anymore. I spent the afternoon before the service finding the scenic spots. And taking photographs. I've had a passion for it. And he said I was parked in a, back then it was a Kmart parking lot. Were they pre-Walmart? Whatever was pre-Walmart. Said I parked in a parking lot, went in to buy some film, came back out, and someone taking a crowbar and popped my trunk and stole every piece several thousand dollars of expensive camera equipment. He said, I got so mad, I stomped my foot. I said, God, why did you allow them to do that? Now, if you really want to know why some things occur that have become an impedance to you running the race and finishing the course, God said, I let them do it. He said, He spoke to me and it shocked me. I thought God was going to be as upset as I am. I thought He's going to fire some angels. Can you say, man, for not watching over my automobile? But He said, God spoke to me and He said, I let them do it. And He said, He didn't have to say one more word because I knew that I used to pray over that service. And he said, you know, I begin to weep because I realized there was it wasn't a sin. Photography isn't a sin. But let me give you the biblical principle. If you seek first, you see, if you put this first, you can do a lot of things that are not sin and won't impede you. But you have to get your priorities straight. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, And His righteousness, and all these other things shall be added to you. Take you no thought for your life. Don't sweat it then. Don't worry then. God says, "I'll provide for you." But put this first. All I'm asking is that you put this first. Amen. Look at Jesus said, "Look at look look at the fowls of the air. God provides for them." They don't sweat it. They don't stay up all night. How am I going to survive? They know. They know. I'm going to find food. I'm going to find water. I, it's built into me how to do it, and it's provided in the earth. Look, look at a field full of lilies. They don't toil. They don't spin. They're not <coughs> trying to grow. And if God so clothed, the lilies of the field, if he can feed the, the fowls of the air and clothe the li- Solomon, in all of his glory, was not clothed as one of these. That meant that man had made his robes. The greatest, it might have had gold thread in it, but man had made Solomon's cloth. But God is the one. That was providing for the fowls of the air and the lilies of the field. His provision was natural. God's was supernatural. Hallelujah. And he said, I don't want you locked into the natural. I want to move supernaturally to provide for you. So put my kingdom first and see. Honor the Lord with what? Honor Him with what? With what? The leftovers? Come on, spiritual law, kingdom first. Hallelujah! He said. He said, "I, your father. Listen, don't be like the Gentiles, always trying to to get something to satisfy, feeling like I got I gotta have it, I gotta have it, I gotta have it, I gotta have it." A maid in a house with a spoiled, rotten child. Bumblebee come in the window. This is before air conditioning. The windows are up. The breeze is blowing, and a bumblebee comes right in. And he's buzzing around and the little kid gets everything he wants. He's never been chastened. He's never been whipped. Whooped. For doing wrong. He gets anything he wants. He's spoiled rotten. I see there was an illustrated sermon this morning. In this church. I'm glad I wasn't here for this one. Amen. Something about staying a baby and needing to grow up. It's got to be an illustration. This is not the nursery. That was probably the message. This is not the nursery. Amen. Well, friend, we're not living in a nursery either. We're living in a serious world. And we have a serious enemy in our flesh and a serious enemy in the devil. But we've got a serious father who says, I want to get you through this. And I want to bring you through it with victory. And I want to bless you supernaturally. Solomon, with every robe that he had, a man made it. It was man made. He said, when I put my blessing, I may use men. I may use women. Men shall give unto your bosom. But it's me that is, is moving them to do that. I commanded the woman at Zarephath. She was under my command. She didn't even realize it, but when she saw the prophet, she said, i I got to gotta share my last meal for me and my son with him. And, and God sent him there, not just to sustain him, but to sustain her in the famine. What? If he hadn't went there, she would have died. That would have been her last meal. But he gave her an opportunity to operate spiritual law. Given what? What shall be given? Okay. Let's finish this, if we can. We'll never finish this. There's too much in it to finish in one service. Are you ready to run? Are we ready to run? Do we get up in the morning ready to run this race? I'm not talking about physically. I get up and, and get out of bed. And, and if I did what I felt like, I'd go from the bed to the couch. If somebody would just bring me breakfast, just I'll make it to the couch, bring me breakfast, and then after a night, nice, hey, why not pancakes and some bacon and some sausage? A grand slam. Amen. <laughs> and it's grits. Georgia ice cream it is what we call that in the South. Amen. Hallelujah. Some grits. Some cackle fruit. That's eggs. I, I tell the I, I, first time we went to Bob Evans, I was meeting with those pastors, trying to get them together, you know, and so we could establish a relationship, pray for one another, and pray for our city. <laughs> and and uh, only pastors can come is because they won 't open up if they know somebody 's going to you know put it on the six o 'clock news and we 're supposed to pray for one another and be honest with one another and if I have a prob a sin problem i 'm supposed to Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another. Not judge one another, but pray one for another. Lift up the hands that hang down. Strengthen the feeble. Maybe that guy preached on victory and he's lost the victory. Well, it doesn't mean what he preached isn't true. It just means he needs to get a hold of it. And he needs encouragement. Amen. In his own life. We all do. Preachers need a pastor. Well, who's yours, Brother Venable? I listen to people that teach the Word of God, preach the Word of God, and live the Word of God. I require more than an anointed message. I want the messenger to be walking in something like following Jesus. Hallelujah. Can you say man? Amen. If I can't follow him because he's not following Christ, then what he's saying doesn't impact me. But if he's following Jesus, then what he says has a big impact on me. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. So we went into the restaurant, and the lady came up, and preachers, generally speaking, are not the happiest people that you ever want to meet generally speaking you look at the preacher I've, I've, I've seen crusades where a pastor was hosting the pastors of the city were behind the speaker and the speakers under the anointing and they're all sitting there the choir is singing this praise team is worshiping and they're sitting there stoic and I'm thinking what's wrong with this picture these people ought to be right out front worshiping with everybody else pondering the message you know, what am I gonna say and how's it gonna be received? And oh my, just stop for a minute. Quit thinking about yourself. Start thinking about the Lord and love on him and let people see you just loving on the Lord. Can you say man? Hallelujah. That's why I hollered in a Baptist church. I couldn't help it. My cup ran over. Praise God. Amen. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. (laughs) Hallelujah. Because of beauty for ashes. Glory to God. I haven't got over salvation. Amen. Don't take the joy of that from me. Don't let me lose the joy of that. Don't let me lose the wonder of the cross. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. And that's why I'm still running. I'm still motivated. By the cross. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I'm motivated by the love that held him on that cross. And it's still in effect today. Let's go back to Lystra for a minute. Oh, wait, wait, wait. The waitress came at Bob Evans at the Nodosassa Road exit. It was a centrally located place. And so we're sitting there, and everybody's looking like we look, you know. I know it's Tuesday, only Tuesday morning at 7 a.m., but we're still shell-shocked from Sunday. And everybody's just kind of, you know, give out and drug out. And and the waitress comes, and she sees that we're ministers, and she's thinking they're going to just be these, you know, kind of grumpy old guys. Because we're all, you know, getting up there. Expecting grumpiness lady going to marriage counselor psychologist then having trouble at home and was getting ready to put her on some kind of medication and uh, so he wanted to know after he gave her the medication how she was doing because she couldn't get her husband to come to counseling so when she came back he, she said he said well did you wake up grumpy this morning She said, no, I just let him sleep. So anyway, she was expecting grumpiness from the preachers who just start talking about the joy of the Lord being your strength. So she asked what this one wanted what that one wanted, what that one wanted. She came to me and she said, "Then what would you like, sir? I said, two rotten eggs and a burnt piece of toast. She just I said, I got a tapeworm and that's good enough for him. I got that from the three stooges. And I said, I was just kidding. (laughs) I didn't want no I didn't want no rotten eggs and burnt toast. And I do not have a tapeworm. But I do have something that she wasn't expecting from a preacher. The joy of the Lord. And we became known from that day forward. We became known as people of joy. We were known for our laughter. Isn't it amazing? He will turn your, He will set your feet a dancing. He will give you beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And then you shall be called. Amen. The, the trees, the planting of the Lord, the trees of righteousness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A merry heart does good like a medicine, and it is an advertisement for a kingdom where there's kingdom righteousness, kingdom peace, and kingdom joy. She finally said, before they got a crack in the foundation and had to fix it and we had to move to Plant City, she finally came back and said, even the people cooking were affected by your laughter. They were glad to see us come, hated to see us go, served us exceptionally well because we were kind and patient and joyful people. Amen. If you want the joy of the Lord, if you want to come to a place where the gospel begins to create faith to receive within you, amen, we begin to run this race with persistence, the same way you come to God to receive. The Bible said they that come to God, imperative, Hebrews 11, must believe that He is and that He's a rewarder of them that snap their fingers by faith. No, those that diligently, everybody say diligently, 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 diligently. If you need to be healed, get diligent in the Word. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word. If you need to be delivered, if you need help from God, be diligent to come and hear the message that creates the faith so that you can receive the help from God that He's already purposed, promised, and provided in Jesus Christ. With His stripes, you it doesn't say you can be healed. It doesn't say you might be healed. It doesn't say you may be healed. It says it's been provided. It was purposed in Him. It was provided in Him. God is not going to do any more than purpose it and provide it. It's up to you and me to receive it. Hallelujah. There's are and oh, we got a race going on. But the persistence, the persistence. We've got people that are spiritually flabby. They can't run spiritually. They can barely stand up spiritually. They can't walk spiritually. And they call us the intercede. But they don't avail themselves of the very Word that could give them the strength and give them the stamina and give them the faith they need. Desire the sincere milk of the Word that you get out of this thing. Hallelujah. Amen. And stand on the Word. Paul was broken hearted. Same man. Same ministry. Same anointing. Same gospel. He preached where people did not grow. And he said, I gave you milk. It's my prop too today. Nothing wrong with milk. But there's something wrong if you're 30 years old sucking on a bottle. Can you say, man? You didn't hear me. I said, there's something wrong if you're 30 sucking on a bottle. I would be embarrassed if my son, when he turned 30, what do you want for your birthday? I want a brand new bottle. I remember when I weaned him. You ever watched an animal wean them? Watch a mama cow and that calf's got teeth, able to graze, still wanting to come and Get it the easy way, boom! (laughs) Cab comes back, boom! And we think God's being mean to us. No, He's trying to grow us up because we have a race to run. We can't run it without the muscle and the sinew spiritually that we need. There's going to be times we need a miracle, times we need a blessing. And it's not enough to call someone with faith Christ. Helped or healed, no one without faith. He asked a blind man, "What did you want?" To get him to use his faith. Blind Bart, what, what do you want? Son of David, have mercy on me. Listen, he's omniscient. He's not just omnipotent, all powerful. He's all knowing. He knew the man what the man needed. You didn't need to be God to figure it out. He's blind, but he asked him, what do you want? Ask of me. Ask of me, he says. Ask of me in the old covenant. And I will show you great and mighty things which thou knowest not. You're going to see the supernatural in your life. But you've got to come to him by faith. You've got come on. This is not about heaven. Listen to this. It's usually about heaven. And it's okay to use it about heaven. But if you want to get truly accurate biblically, it's not about heaven. Eye has not seen. Ear has not heard. Everybody say, not about heaven. You're going to know that when I finish the verse. When you hear it in context and you hear it finished. I know we haven't seen heaven. We can see it through the eyes of the Apostle John in the book of Revelation. Can you say, man, but we haven't been there. Eye has not seen. Ear has not heard. It's inconceivable to the heart. It's never entered into the heart. What God hath prepared for them that love Him. Have you heard heaven, holy city, New Jerusalem, anywhere in that Scripture yet? then we're assuming that it's saying that because that's where our mind goes. Am I right? Did heaven come up yet? Holy city yet? New Jerusalem yet? No! Can I put it in context? Eye has not seen. Ear has not heard. It's never entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for them that love Him, comma, But He has revealed them unto us by His Spirit. Call upon me, and I'll show you mighty things which thou knowest not. Paul's prayer was for that to occur so that we would know what is ours in Christ and have the faith to receive it. He said, I pray in the book of Ephesus to the church at Ephesus. I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. One day I'm going to preach on the prayers of Paul because it will blow you away. Every prayer he prayed for the church in intercession is a revelation of what God wills and purposes for the church. And when we see what He wills and purposes for us and see how far, I'm not just talking about our church, but the church at large, how far beneath our privilege of power and blessing that we are living. Amen. It should be a challenge, not a condemnation, but a challenge, praise God, to rise up. That's what He told His covenant people in the old covenant. Rise up. O oh, captive daughter of Zion, rise up from the dust of defeat and depression. Rise up and shake off those chains that are binding you. I have purpose much more for you. Can you say man? I promise much more to you. I have made a provision. So here's everybody say, but the Holy Spirit has revealed them unto us. Ephesians. I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ that he would grant unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. There's the Holy Spirit communicating to us. The spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him don't want to know anything among you but christ and him crucified and the holy spirit to do what show you what has never entered your heart never entered your mind what your eye has not seen yet but he wants you to see it through the eye of faith are you still with me are we focused now on heaven or on him is it the Holy Spirit revealing? Yes, it is. That God would grant unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him that you might know. See, when it comes by revelation, it brings a spiritual realization to your life. That you might know. That you might know. You're, now, it's a settled reality in your life which cannot be shaken. That you might know what is the hope of your calling that you might know that you know that you know hallelujah that you are on your way to heaven hallelujah that the blood of jesus has paid in full the price and there's absolutely no doubt when you draw your last breath here you're going to draw your next breath there can you say man hallelujah when i prayed for our dear sister in the hospital I've been in many situations where they were not awake. But the nurses will tell you, the doctors will tell you, the last thing to go is the hearing. Even if they're unconscious, talk to them. I was in the room with Nettie, and and when I had to leave uh, later that night, they called back. Uh, uh uh her husband and and he came philip he came and sat by her side and the nurse told him the same thing he said keep talking to her said she's going now but keep talking to her because she can hear you Amen. And I know I've been in room after room and when I prayed, I felt the witness of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I felt the peace of God come in that room. Glory to God. Amen. And I thought, boy, when we get down to the wire, when we get down to where we we're 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 leaving this body, we're going somewhere to have that peace come. Amen. They would try to tell you there's no way if, if, if somebody wasn't able to do this or do that, some rule of the church. Oh, my friend. There's. There's a thief on the cross that says on one side of Jesus if you're the Son of God come down and save yourself and us worried about his skin. Only thing he worried about was his skin. But the thief on the other side was concerned about his sin and eternity and facing God in his sin. And he simply said he didn't even word it in all the wordings we think are necessary for salvation. But he had a repentant heart and God was looking right at it. And Jesus in his pain and his agony turned to... Oh, by the way, he said to the guy that asked him to save them by taking him off the cross, he said, let him alone. He doesn't deserve what he's getting. He's an innocent man. We're the ones. We deserve everything we're getting. But, oh, Lord, remember me when you come in your kingdom. And I love what Jesus said, and that's why I pray for people asleep. Because they can make a decision. If they can hear the Word, they can make a choice. Can you say, man, oh, you didn't hear me today. Well, they didn't recite this just right. They didn't say, it's not about any of that. Jesus didn't die to make it complicated. He didn't die to find a reason to damn a soul to hell. He died to save the lost. His His blood was shed for the sins of many. It's not His will. Don't ever try to speak for Him when He has established this great truth. It's not His will that any. Come on, you may not like them. You may not love them. You may not care where they spend eternity. You may want them to go to blazes, but I'm going to tell you, God doesn't. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God wants them saved. They may not get saved, but God wants them saved. And He's done everything necessary to save them and sent us to bring that message through the gospel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. i got to finish. Time is almost up. that God would grant, this is Paul's intercessory prayer for the church at Ephesus, that God would grant unto you, that means revealed by the Holy Spirit to you. So that you might know the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. That you might know what is the hope of your calling. And what is, everybody say, the hope of my calling. How many have that hope? You used to, it was a get us clapping song when we played it and you picked it for us as our, our music director and I can't wait for you to pick them again. Amen. So I don't have to be doing three jobs up here and, and, and Doug to work the sound in and play the song and, and we can just free me up. Listen, that you might know what is the hope of your calling and here's something many people miss. See, eyes not seen, ears not heard, not entered the heart except it come by the revelation of the Holy Spirit. What God hath prepared for them that love Him. Here it is. This is what He's prepared. The hope of your calling. The hope of your calling. I have a hope. I am called, amen, to salvation. Therefore, I am called to live forever with Him in heaven when this life is over. That is my hope. It's a certain hope. It's the blessed hope along with His coming. Because when He comes, we're going. Can you say amen? When He comes, we're going. Hallelujah. He's going to catch us away that you might know what is the hope of your calling and the riches of your inheritance. Whoa. The riches of His inheritance in the saints. We, the church, the blood-bought, blood-washed church, are Christ's reward for His suffering on the cross. He has an investment of His own blood and sacrifice in us. And He stayed on the cross when He could have called the armies of heaven. Isn't that incredible? So that He could save people just like you and just like me. And for the joy, listen, He saw us lost, damned, and doomed. But he said, if I go to that cross and pay this price, there'll be an opportunity for every one of them to be saved if they will choose me and repent of their sin. Amen. And we, the church, we're his reward. We're called his bride in Scripture. He's the bridegroom and we are the bride of Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. And the supper, it's the marriage supper of the Lamb. Incredible. And guess who's going to serve us? Michael. No. Michael the archangel. No. The angels are going to serve us. No. Just like Jesus girded himself... Put on an apron, got a basin, and begin to wash the feet of men. The Jesus with the nail-scarred hands, who suffered and died to save us, is going to serve us at the marriage supper. He loves us that much. He humbled himself, took on himself whatever he was, he is, and he always will be. The Alpha and the Omega. He humbled Himself, took on Himself the form of a servant. And as a servant to His Father and a servant to us, He became obedient even to the death of the cross. Therefore, because of humbling Himself, taking on Himself the servant when He was he was the King of the world, the King of the universe, the Creator. Nothing was made that He did not make. He condescended to do that. Therefore, God hath highly exalted Him and given Him a name that's above every name that is named of things in heaven and earth and beneath the earth, that at the sound of His name, every knee would bow, every tongue would confess that He is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Can you say man? that God would grant unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him that you might know what by what? By revelation is different than intellectual head knowledge. Flesh and blood did not reveal Christ to Peter. The Holy Spirit did. Flesh and blood, who, who do you say that I am? You're the Christ, the Son of the living God, because Thomas said you were, because John said you were. No, nobody told him but God. But he got it right. And he said, flesh and blood did not reveal this unto you, but my Father. It had to be by the Holy Spirit. And he said, I'm going to build my church on a spiritual revelation of Jesus, number one. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Because this is something you know, that you know, that you know, and it cannot be shaken. People come to your door with some kind of doctrine, and you might not even theologically know how to defend the gospel, but you know it ain't right. (laughs) You just know that you know that you know. And then you go to the Scriptures and find out the reason that you know. Hallelujah. Eyes not seen, ears not heard, it's never entered into the heart of man what God hath prepared for them that love him, but he has revealed them unto us by his Spirit. And then Paul prayed for that very thing to occur that you might know what is the hope of your calling and what is the riches of his inheritance in the saints, that you might know how much God loves you, how much Christ loves you, and what a celebration there's going to be in heaven when we are united with the one that loves us enough to die for us and that we are His reward for the joy. Listen, for the joy that was set before Him. He saw us before we we saw him. Can you say man? He looked down through time and saw all the souls that would be swept into the kingdom of God. All the people that would have been damned and doomed that he, because of his sacrifice, would be able to forgive and secure for heaven. Hallelujah. And for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. That's what held him on the cross. six solid suffering hours after being beaten within an inch of his life. And the biggest hurt of all was nothing occurring in his physical body. It's when he cried something he had never experienced throughout eternity. Eloi! Eloi! Lava! My God, Eloi, my God. Why hast thou forsaken me? No child of his will ever die without the presence and peace of God. I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. I will never, no, never leave you, nor forsake you. He'll never be closer to you and you will never feel closer to Him than when you are about ready to vacate this body. How do you know? Because I had a bad stroke six years ago and I was about ready to vacate this body. And He was so real. And His peace was so real. You lay in the back of an ambulance. You hear Him talking about a 65-year-old man with a stroke headed for the emergency room having a little trouble now breathing then suddenly a relaxation comes and a peace sweeps over you and a love wraps you up and i'm i'm a person who you know when i went for a job interview when i was bivocational i didn't know where i was in the blood pressure area and all of that and and i needed a job because we needed an income and <laughs> you know when you you know if you don't pay your bills they turn off your lights you know you can't get groceries without you need food gas for the car insurance tags like everybody else so when i was that job was important to me and i was just saying lord i need this job i needed it bad two times that happened the same way same way i quit winn warehouse because they kept working me i'm a brand new believer i'm in church i'm feeding on the word of god i'm desiring the milk that i might grow and they put me on shifts that kept me out of god's house and kept me out of god's word wore me down wore me out i asked to take a pay cut so i could be in church on sunday because even then i knew the importance of god's word it ain't a big deal now it's the program of the church it's the choir and how they sing It's, it's the, the all the things to to involve people and entertain them, honey you give me the word of God or I'm not coming there's nothing that's more attractive to me than the word preached under the anointing because it builds my faith, it builds my spiritual stamina it gives me spiritual muscles, I grove thereby can you say amen hallelujah, faith comes by hearing I want to hear it like it's written because I need the shield of faith because the devil's never going to let up firing his fiery darts but if you got the shield of faith it doesn't matter because it will not quench some of them or most of them it will quench all of them according to the word of God can you say man hallelujah hallelujah God grant unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him that you might know what is the hope of your calling and what is his rich his inheritance in the saints the riches of his inheritance in the saints and Ready for something powerful and resurrection oriented, and that you might know the power to usward say to usward, which believe that's the availability through the Holy Spirit of awesome power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That you might know the power to usward. It's available to us, it's flowing to us. He doesn't hold it in heaven. He sent the Holy Spirit to us. The power to usward who believe. What kind of power? Somebody asked me, what kind of power? Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. That kind of power that you might know it by revelation and thereby know it by realization. For if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He will quicken, give that same resurrection life in your mortal body that brought Him out of the grave. And honey, if you can't run then, if you can't run then, Come on, I'm too tired, I'm too fatigued, I'm too hurt, I'm too discouraged. Honey, all you need is a revelation of who you are in Jesus and who Jesus is in you. Can you say man? Oh, give him a hand clap today. Hallelujah! 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 Sister Marlena used to sing, I've been running for Jesus a long time, and I'm not tired yet. I'm not there yet, but I'm on my way and I'm not tired yet. I'm not tired yet. No, I'm not tired You want to see tired? Sunday morning! Sunday morning saints, by and large, are worn down, weary, and worn out. Oh, when the saints come dragging in, Oh when the saints come dragging in Oh Lord I don't want to be in that number Can you say man? Honey, I have been drug out. But there's power available. The joy of the Lord is still available in the kingdom. It's a kingdom privilege, it's a kingdom promise. But i got to put God first. got to see the things that are impeding me and get them out of the way so that I can run with perseverance the race that's set before me. And so I can persevere when I need help from God, not because He's making it hard, but because if I don't persevere, my faith is going to lay dormant. I'm not going to use my faith. Now I want to finish Acts 14. They went down to Lystra, and there they preached the gospel. There sat a man who never had walked, just like the man at the gate, beautiful, lame from his mother's womb, and everybody knew he had never walked. Paul, steadfastly beholding him, after he did what? After he preached the gospel. After the word. So many people laying out a church. So many people going to a church that entertains them and don't give them the unadulterated truth of God. Never challenged, never changed. No faith to believe or receive, but want somebody with faith to bypass their lack of faith and bring it to them. And I'm not saying that mad. What's making me mad is the devil can be that deceptive and people can be that dumb. Spiritually. Sitting at home, waiting on a crisis. No faith to receive. Call an intercessor with great faith. Have you ever had people call your home? Wanting prayer for a crisis? They never darkened the doorway of a church? They never sat in a Bible study? They never opened the book and opened their life to it? And then you watch the shipwreck. People getting a word for everybody else. Not receiving the word for themselves. Exempting themselves. When a crisis is going to come and they're going to need faith to receive. Jesus healed no one without faith. They that come to God must believe that He is. And that He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. The actual Greek says seek Him out. That means knock and keep on knocking. That means ask and keep on asking. Not asking as if He hadn't heard, but asking because you know He's listening. Can you say, man? Seek and keep. It's in the continuous. Jesus said, ask and you shall receive. He also said, ask in faith believing. Seek and you shall find. He also said, or the Scripture said, you shall find me when you seek after me. With what? All of your heart. You can't just seek the things of the world all week and have God at your disposal any time you need Him in a crisis. It doesn't work. Seek ye first the kingdom, and these things will be added. Everything you need, you'll be able to receive. God is purposed. He will provide it. I knew I knew he wouldn't I never get anything. He never answers my prayer. You know, like you're going witnessing, knocking on the door lightly, hoping no one will hear you and come to the door. <laughs> if I knock too hard they're gonna be mad. Knock and it shall be open. Listen, for every one that ask, the way I'm t- defined ask Seek's the way I define seek, and knock's the way I define knock. Everyone, without exception, receives. So why then is this situation that we have in the Christian community, in the church world, and we're satisfied with it? We blame the devil. The devil can't do everything. He's the least. If you don't give place to him, he can't take anything from you. That's why we got to get out of this crib and we got to grow up spiritually because I don't want to lose victory even if I have somebody or something to blame. I want to take responsibility. I want to live in victory. I'm sorry. I just can't, I can't stand the thought of constantly being defeated by the devil. But I expose myself to the word of God every chance I get. I went on YouTube last night and listened to the word of God for me. Put my headphones on so I couldn't hear what was going on in the rest of the house. I threatened to go to the website and listen to myself. One thing is for sure, I want the Word. I want the truth. I don't want somebody to soft-pedal the gospel to me, and then I hit a crisis, and I don't have faith to receive. Listen carefully. Acts 14, they went down to Lystra. There they preached the gospel. Paul, there, had, there sat a man who never had walked. Paul, steadfastly beholding him and perceiving he had faith to be healed the issue then wasn't getting God to grant it the issue then was was he in a position to receive what the gospel declares was already provided hello hello does the gospel say it was provided with his stripes we were or we can be we may be we might be or we were he had the faith to receive what was provided And he had the focus for that faith in the Word that was brought through the Gospel. Because he heard the whole Gospel. He didn't hear the part about no more miracles today. No more healings today. No need to pray God doesn't do those things anymore. He didn't hear that. He heard the truth. And it's it's an eternal truth. And if you get under the Word of God, and you get around someone under the anointing, And you read the Bible as it's written. And you get around some people that are winning the battles. That are winning the battle. If you're going to follow somebody, you want to follow somebody that's getting the victory or living in defeat. I want to be... I just can't get away from the word and it's time to quit two hours ago. No, we just started two hours ago. We got five whole minutes Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wait a minute. Is that clock right? Or are we still? Is it three o'clock? That is correct. It's not two o'clock. You sure it's not two o'clock? I love you, Dave. I love you. Listen. Be ye followers of them. Come on. Find out what they're doing. Find out how they got it, where they got it from. Hallelujah. Be ye followers of them that through faith and patience, again, it's used in persistence. It's not taking the number, sitting down. It's moving forward, seeking, finding, knocking. Can you say man? Hallelujah. Be ye followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Hallelujah. Because in Hebrews 11, when when they, weak people, when they obtained promises, when they were able by faith to obtain the promises, they obtained the provisions of God that He's purposed and promised, it said, out of weakness, they were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, put the armies of the aliens to flight. If that ain't victory... I don't know what is. And it was weak people like you and me. Brother, I'm not weak. Yes, you are. If you're not weak, you don't qualify for the sustaining grace. I'm weak and I know it. I can't take it. I can't make it without Jesus. I can't. Oh, brother, and I wish i like you a paragon of power. You're wrong. I, there's power in me. But it's because I'm looking to Jesus with everything I've got. He is the author. He's the finisher. He started it and he's going to complete it. Oh, but we're not on our own. He that began a good work in you, he initiated it. He's not leaving you to carry it out. It's God that's in you. Both the will, oh, not just reveal His will so you can do it, but to do it through you. No more you that lives in it, Christ that lives in you. Wow. So, where do we want to live today? Where do you want to live? Who do you want to follow? Birds of a feather? Well, get around some birds with victory. Can you say, man? If you're gonna fly, come on! It'll make you feel better about your defeat and depression if you're around people that are defeated and depressed, Christians. Because you can say, "Hey, that's the problem." We're status quo. God wants to break the status quo. Eyes not seen, ears not heard. It's never entered the heart what He's prepared for them that love Him. unless it's re- But He hath revealed them to us by the Holy Spirit. Paul prayed for it. They got a hold of it. Victory came to them. Can you say amen? And when the gospel is heard and believed, then there's faith to receive. And when there's faith to receive, the Bible said Paul, perceiving he had the faith to receive, said to him in a loud voice, Stand on thy feet! To a man that was crippled jesus makes you whole he jumped up on the inside spiritually and when he jumped up on the inside the outside followed suit hallelujah and they saw him gloriously healed glory to god and the bible said in all that saw it came to the lord they believed Oh, but no sign shall be given. that They were not their unbelievers. They were their seekers of truth. And he confirmed his word. And they embraced the truth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But Paul, with all his anointing, could not get a man healed that didn't have faith to be healed. So he started with the word of God where faith comes from. And he was spiritually sensitive. See, if you just have a prayer line because of your anointing and your gift, hundreds, tens of thousands, depending on how long you do it, are not going to be here. And the press is going to be on it like ugly on Festus. Well, Festus was just, you know, I didn't mean to be unhandsome like Festus. <laughs> okay. Okay. I almost got trouble. I'm almost done. I was doing real well. It's you, Hobbs. I don't know what it is. There's something about you. Maybe it's the joy you got today. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad Hobbs has the joy today? Glory to God. He's got challenges physically, spiritually, and otherwise. But he's got some joy this morning. Hallelujah. He brought it in with him. Praise God. I, for one, was glad to see it because everybody ain't got it. But we all need it because the lion got up ready to run. And he walks about roaring with hunger, seeking whom he may devour. But there's some people that got up and said, "Uh -uh. Uh uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. The name of the Lord is a strong tower and I'm ready to run. I'm not running from the devil. I'm running to God. And that's where I'm safe from the devil. Can you say, man, I get up this morning. I'm not going to go run my regular route. I'm going to go to God first. I'm going to put the kingdom first. I'm going to put the king first in my life. Whatever happens after that, God's got it covered. Can you say, man, hallelujah, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it. And they are safe. Safe in the Hebrew means Far above danger and evil. (laughs) What a place to be. Far above danger and evil. How many want to mount up with wings as an eagle and get into that place with God? There's a place in Colorado, according to the realtors out there. I've never checked it out, but a preacher did. He wanted to build a cabin. And the first thing they asked him, somewhere up in the Rocky Mountains... He wanted to purchase land and build a cabin years ago. And they, the realtors all had a, a, an area where they would tell people, do you want it above or below the snake line? Let's go on above the snake line. Where the copperhead and the rattlesnake isn't. Why weren't they? Because it stayed so cold all year long. At that height, the snakes did not live up there. And and as much as my wife hates the cold, if we were called to Colorado <laughs> and said, ma'am, do you want to above or below the snake line, she'd say, get me a fur coat, s- some long johns, Eskimo shoes. <laughs> And build my house above the snake line. Can you say amen? You know where God wants you to live as a Christian? Above the snake line. He wants the serpent to be under your feet. Hallelujah. Not on your back. Can you say man? Have you heard anything to challenge you today? Do you believe there's victory for the weak, weakest person in this room? Out of weakness when they obtained promises? Out of weakness they were out of weakness they. Out of weakness through faith, they were made strong. They're the ones that put the enemy on the run. The ones that he counted out, that he discounted, and that he hopes don't get a revelation of who they are in Jesus and who Jesus is in them. Because if they ever do, this sleeping giant called the church is going to rise up and shake the world before Jesus comes. Hallelujah. Oh, I feel like an evangelist today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Once again, how many in this room will do an inventory with me and say, what is keeping me from keeping on knocking, keeping on seeking? What is impeding my forward momentum in God, my spiritual progress? If there's a sin, we know what to do with it. If we confess it, He'll forgive it. If it's a weight... The devil will say, no big deal. But I'm going to tell you, if it's in the way of you following Jesus, it is a big deal, and it needs to be dealt with. Could you do without it in order to run the race with more zeal, enthusiasm, and fortitude for Christ? Could you lay it aside and say, Jesus, I want more of you, and I know this is in the way. You don't have to let thieves break in and steal it. I'm just going to lay it. By the way, can I finish that, the grace and mercy of God? Six months went by. They never recovered his photographic equipment. He rededicated his heart to the Lord. He spent the time necessary in prayer. And a man came up after a service and he said, I heard that you used to be a photographer. And I heard your testimony. And I am a retired photographer. And I got a room full of the best camera equipment you could imagine. And you know what the evangelist said? He said, I'll have to ask God if it's all right. <laughs> And he said, I went into prayer, and he said, I'm honest. He said, if he said no, it would have been okay, because I'd already given that to him if he wanted it. It was in the way. He said, the Lord spoke to me and said, son, I sent that man to you. I wanted you to know as long as you spend the time in prayer, spend the time in the Word, and spend the time having compassion on those souls I'm sending you to, I I want you. You can, you can, you can, you do that first. Kingdom first. He said, have a good time with that equipment I'm giving you. (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. He gives us all things richly to enjoy. Amen. As long as it's not in the way, taking precedence over Him and the kingdom of God. Isn't that a precious story of God restoring? Because we put the kingdom first. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Will you stand to your feet today? How many are ready to run in this room? How many feel faith rising up that you know that you're going to claim a promise and it's going to be realized? Somebody's going to get your healing. Somebody's going to get healed. Somebody's going to get delivered. Somebody's going to get set free. There's no doubt about it and I believe that more people are going to come to receive because I don't believe a lot of people are being challenged and I believe there's a whole lot of people that do not understand what belongs to them in Christ and they don't know the power to usward which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead but that's what's available to everyone in here There are many fatigued and weak, hurting people in this world. But helping them stay in this baby bed is not the job of the pastor or the evangelist or the preacher. Perpetual childishness doesn't prepare you for the battles that lie ahead. Amen? We're in the last day. Satan is pulling out all the stops. If you're easily offended, you won't be here very long. You'll find fault with me, fault with everybody. And you know something? We're faulty. We got faults. And if you don't love it, there is a love that covers a multitude of faults. But if you don't have that love, we're done. We're done. We're done. And Satan will chase you from church to church to church to church looking for someone without faults. Uh, hate to break this to you. But it's going to be hard to receive. you got faults too. And we love you anyway. you just love us back. We have a basis for relationship. I'll pray for you if you'll pray for me, Brother Hawk thank you thank you amen thank you again hallelujah but if you've got enough love to look over the faults there's something here for you god is pouring i, I sometime i wake up in the middle of the night sean there's scripture running around on the inside of me and say, oh lord i gotta get some sleep <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. I, I study it. I study on Saturday night. I get so excited I can't sleep. I, I lay down, I'm banjo-eyed. You know, big old eyes looking at the clock. Two in the morning, three in the morning, four in the morning, five in the morning. Time to get up. God is so good. Hallelujah. And he's so worthy today. Hallelujah. How many people are going to go back to the Word Come get under the Word of God and wake up ready to run for Jesus Christ. That's our last chance. This is it. It's almost over. And this is it. Work while it is day. The night is coming when no man shall work. Hallelujah. 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 You have your head bowed just for a moment. Are you ready to run? You can't run until you confess any sin. That is impeding you. I challenge you to go ahead and get that done. You know it needs to be done. Don't put it off just because you enjoy it for a season. It's time to run, church. It's time to run. Ask God's forgiveness so He can help you remove that obstacle. And the weight, the weight, the weight, that that is impeding your progress and you know it, now is the time. Come on. Every Christian needs to be counted now. Don't look at the condition of the world and say, oh, look how sinful. Look at the condition of your own life. You can make a difference. I can make a difference. But I've got to be in the race and I've got to be running full out for Jesus before anybody will even notice that I go to church. Can you say man? And if you are and you're ready to sell out, God is ready to go all out to bless you and use you in these last closing days.